Welcome to the I'm Uncomfortable podcast, where we tackle the issues you feel awkward talking about and put ourselves into uncomfortable situations you secretly relate to. We're not better than you. We're the same as you. We're just willing to publicly talk about our innermost cringe and shame. I'm Melissa. And I'm Vanessa. Let's get uncomfortable. Welcome to another amazing episode of the I Am Uncomfortable podcast. Today is our first interview of season two, and we are so excited to introduce you all to our guest, Laura M. Herrera. Say hi, Laura. Hi, everyone. Hi, Vanessa. <laughs> hi, Melissa. Uh, we were first alerted to Laura's greatness via one of our friends who actually used a voter guide called WTF is on the Ballot, a collaborative project by Laura and by way of us, which is an organization that empowers young voters through education events, brand partnerships, social media campaigns, and voter guides. Laura currently works as the supervising manager of the mobile voting program of LA County and is also a proud board member of the Strength-Based Community Change. Did I get all your accomplishments in one go? Is that... You did. Check. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's so amazing. And um, I can't wait to hear more about your amazing work, but as is tradition here at the I'm Uncomfortable podcast, we kick our meetings or our meetings. What is this a meeting? Our conversations off with sharing what's been making us uncomfortable lately. So I'll go first. Um, so actually, I had an odd, oddly difficult time figuring out what I wanted to share as my uncomfortable moment. Um, you know, I've been talking about the weather, I feel like in every other episode, and I'm done talking about the weather and how weird it is. Um, and of course, my normal awkward situations at work are, you know, not worth sharing at this time. But um, what I have been noticing and what has been uncomfortable for me is the fact that I've been sore constantly for the past couple of weeks. And um, it's because I've, I've made it a goal of mine to just exercise more. And it's actually a, a nice uncomfortable, which is new for me. <laughs> So I'm going to lean into it because usually my uncomfortable situations are really negative, but I'm going to lean into this soreness and I'm proud of myself for doing the exercise that I told myself I'm going to do. Yeah. But yeah. Lean into that discomfort. Yes. I am. (laughs) Uh, I was taking a spin class the other day that was like, if you're uncomfortable right now, it just means you're growing. And I was like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) I'm really hurt, but okay. (laughs) I'm like really growing right now then. Um. (laughs) Like I better be growing so much. Are you sprouting? Because that hurts. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a whole other topic. (laughs) We should go into it another time. Um, For me, I can't even decide. I'm just uncomfortable most of the time, which I've already established. But, um, oh, you know what? Here's one. Um, so I moonlight as an assistant principal, you know, just in my spare time during the day. Uh, no big deal. It's not like my job or anything. Uh, but we had a reauthorization meeting for our school. And normally, you know, our the principal gives like this presentation. And then we have speakers. And I was so nervous to speak. And I spoke. And, and then normally there are questions afterwards. Uh, about just the presentation, our school, etc. There were no questions, though, which was super weird and not normal and has never happened before. So we are all very just like suspicious right now because we aren't sure if the no questions was like a good thing or if no questions 
was a bad thing. So we'll find out, I guess. They vote in about a month. Uh, so we'll see what happens. So we're currently just like prolonged discomfort for that. So great stuff. How about you, Laura? <laughs> hmm. So what's been making me uncomfortable lately is actually venturing into the dating world during a global Ooh. pandemic. So funnily enough, I essentially took myself out of the game completely post like Super Bowl last year because um, the elections <laughs> happened uh, right after like the March primary elections. And that's when my job was high time. We were implementing a new voting system. And then right after those elections, it was, oh, hi, COVID. Um, so I essentially wanted to prioritize health and obviously my parents. And I made a decision that my I love my parents more than my vagina. So <laughs> I... I, I, I took it back and I actually just didn't date for the entire year. Woo. And then actually someone kind of popped out um, out of nowhere and unexpectedly. Um, and so it's now it's navigating dating during COVID without restaurants or theaters or any kind of activity that people normally do. So it's it, oh it, dating kind of makes me uncomfortable to begin with. Um, um, Coming, I went to an that, all girls Catholic school, and that stuff never leaves you. Uh, <laughs> so, um, oh, never leaves you. <laughs> never, never, never. So, dating is always uh, always has its like fun little challenges, but with this added um, pandemic, it, it's it's been it's been an interesting ride. But everything's still early. It's just a little uncomfortable right now. You know, now I wish that was the topic of today. It's not, but now I kind of wish it was. Next time, Let's just next change time, it. We'll just change yeah. it. <laughs> next time, you're right. There's what next to time do we're not out of it yet. When you love your vagina, but there's a pandemic. <laughs> Look at Laura giving us all these ideas. That's the title right there. That's what I do. <laughs> oh, I need a break. Well, that was a lot. <laughs> I know. So thank you both for sharing these uncomfortable moments with us, especially Laura. I would love to hear more about this dating world and quarantine life. Um, but for now, let's give ourselves a little bit of a break and, and a little bit of a pause before we start our conversation with Laura. Welcome back. So as we already know, we have Laura here with us today, who, as you may have already deduced from her wonderful introduction that Vanessa gave, she is a professional in all things voting procedures and elections. And one of the things that I'm finding uncomfortable these days is trying to strike that balance between allowing myself to breathe a sigh of relief um, that at least we have a leader in place that isn't actively trying to set the country on fire and then also being diligent in my efforts to stay informed and stay engaged. Um, so I'm excited to get into that. But Laura, did you want to say anything else about your background and, and your professional history and things like that before we get into our questions? Yeah, for sure. Just to give people some context of, of why I call myself a voting expert. It's not something that happened overnight. I, I've worked in in kind of every sector, every aspect of the public sector. I've worked for an assembly member. I've worked for several nonprofits. And then the last three and a half years, I've been at the LA County Register Recorder County Clerk's Office, um, implementing a new voting system, and then now working on this mobile voting um, mobile voting program and vote by mail Dropbox program, um, overseeing all sorts of ways to allow people to um, expand their options to vote <laughs> 
pre-pandemic and throughout the pandemic. I do have to say everything that I say today are my opinions um, and not the opinions of my employer. So don't, uh, you know, don't at my employer. If you have an issue with whatever I've said, you can go ahead and at me. Um, and so I, you know, doing what I do, um, is incredibly exciting. And, and in a lot of ways, thank goodness what happened, um, as the results of the last election happened, because it made everything worth it. You know, the, the sacrifices, the, the strain, the, all of the different changes that LA County did to make voting it more accessible was so worth it because so many people not only came out to vote, but registered to vote, um, found their way to be able to cast their vote. So it was, it was really, really exciting. And so we're in a really exciting time right now as well. Um, and there's so much to do. I know that some people may feel like, oh, cool, job done. I voted in November. Biden's in office. I can check out, see you in four years. Um, but then we all live the realities of what happens, not just in Washington, but everything that happens on the local level, we live them and experience them on the everyday. So this isn't the time to check out. It's really a time to jump in and get involved. Well, you're definitely passionate about this topic. I'm inspired already just by your yes. <laughs> your passion for it. Uh, I, I resonate deeply with um, the idea that people are more or less trying to relax now. Uh, so I hope to get into that in, in this episode too. But first, I really just want to know what inspired you to pursue a career in public service in the capacity that you're in? Oh, I think I've loved voting since I was four years old. I have this really distinct, clear memory of my grandma taking me into the voting booth and allowing me to vote for her. Um, and back then, I mean, am I, am I old a little bit? But I rem this was time where you like punched the, the cards. Um, this was even before ink. God, I'm only 30. I'm not going to be 34 in a month. But anyway, <laughs> it, was <your> I, <laughs> it was my grandma's ballot. So it's OK. So we were, we were we were in the olden days. But I have this clear memory of how important voting was and how um, community oriented it was, how my family came together around it. And since then, I just have seen the realities of what voting and and civic engagement and public action and turning your passions into you know change really does and so i've really since i was 17 years old i had this vision of what i want my life um what i wanted my life to look like and how i wanted to use my time and my talents and it was really in public service um so it's it, it's just such an innate part of me and my and my family history um, that I, I'm just excited to continue to grow in this as well. I love the like when you have like a distinct memory from when you were four years old and you're like, this is it. This is my calling. This is it. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you mentioned it a little bit um, in your introduction, um, uh, talking about like this is the time that we need to jump in. So I guess my question to you, which is a big question to ask, is so what's next? It seems like most people are in that mindset of a woo, Biden's in office. We don't have to worry about things. I'll see you in four years, like you mentioned. But is that really accurate? Are we are are we truly in an in between? election season and we could check out I know you already hinted at the fact that's no we need to jump in now so what are you, you want to expand more on that yeah no I just keep shaking my head because especially where I work um, we're in constant election mode and I think the most important thing to remember is while elections on the federal level and the presidential level are incredibly important and that's what we 
as a kind of a society, as a country, get excited about, hear about, um, rally behind. What's so important is politics and elections at the local level. You know, government at the local level is what you experience every day. You know, I went to Loyola Marymount University and I had this professor who really taught me that all politics is local. You you may you may know who the president is, but what you're affected by every day is that pothole that you run over every day or the the light switch that 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 you turn on that's run by a public utility, the that some, you know, that your garbage didn't get picked up today. That's all run by government office and and so much of the social safety net of our of our communities is is run by the government and when government is run correctly it's a it's a it's an enterprise to help people it's a it's a public service enterprise and so the most important decisions that you can make are the decisions that you make on the local level who are your city council members who serve on those municipal water boards who are the people that serve on even health district commissions and you know we have a voice in all of these things you know people care about um like public safety and and police departments well we have a say on who's the district attorney or who's the who's the chief of police in a way because all of this is run by decisions that we make we elect the people to represent us and so all of the decisions that impact us on the daily basis are decisions made by us and to vote or not to vote is a decision you know when when someone chooses not to vote you're you're choosing you're you're choose that's your vote you're just choosing not to vote and so i just i am in constant election mode like right now we're planning for um for three different special elections in march we have another election in compton and in april we're anticipating several cities um throughout the rest of 2021 um because there's just so many there's just so many decisions to be made and so many elections to be had and so that's when it's important to be plugged in to your local community to know what elections are popping up and and a great way to do that is to be and continue to be civically engaged wow i don't know any of the people (laughs) I don't know any of the people who are in charge of anything local. And I think for many of us, this this um, last administration was very much a wake up call about what can happen when you are just passive about what's going on around you. So I'm wondering what your advice might be to those of us who have become more aware of politics now, you know, how can we stay involved? How can we stay invested despite the fact that he is no longer in office, that Trump is no longer in office? He who must not be named. <laughs> I know. I didn't uh, name him. He is now the Voldemort. <laughs> I know. I think I heard the words former President Trump earlier this week and it was like, ah, gosh, what music, beautiful music to my ears. Um, yeah, I think what's what's really important, it's like two prong, right? And and part of the, the goal of Back to the Ballot, which is the, the initiative that um, where we came to, to know each other, um, was to have people know and understand what's on the ballot, a.k.a. Who are the who are the players? Who are the elected officials that make decisions every day? So your local assembly member or your local senator, right? These are the state representatives who actually have structures in place to um, help you throughout your life, right? So there's lots of different services that touch upon your life, like even 
let's think, talk about like COVID testing, right? So in the fact of COVID testing and COVID vaccinations are all run by the, on the county level. Um, and so who are, the, who are the people who make the decisions? They're the board of supervisors, who are five incredible women at this time. It's the first time in LA County that five women run this board. Woo, progress. And, and, and it speaks so much to why there's so many social services that are being grant, given and granted at the county level is because it's run by people who really care about these things. So it's, it's staying engaged in a way of the more you know about who these people are, and the more you feel empowered to continue to be plugged in. And then on the flip side, too, you know, how do you stay civically engaged? How what I, I think that it's so important that we continue to, you know, focus and channel our passions into community based organizations um, and finding that niche and finding, you know, the 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 people and the the issues that you care about. Um, and it can be on a global scale. You can really care about, you know, Amnesty International or refugees, or if you want to go really focused and care, uh, really focused on your own communities, there are community-based organizations that are doing the work every single day. Um, whether it's advocating for issues, whether it's providing foods or clothing or um, goods to people, there's, there's all sorts of things that happen all the time. And even the success that we're seeing in the in the White House right now, where Biden has issued a lot of these executive orders that have either reversed a lot of the things that happened during the Trump administration or are moving the needle forward in a lot of certain issues. People he doesn't just wake up and say, oh, let me do the right thing today. <laughs> it's because people advocated for these things. Yeah, right. It's right. because because there are millions of people, there are community groups all throughout the country that are speaking loud and queer, clear about, <laughs> queer too, about <laughs> racial equity, about, you know, abortion, about, um, you know, making sure that people are vaccinated. So all of these executive orders fall in line with the work that people are doing, the, not just the work that people are doing, but what they're asking for and what we're begging for. And so how does that happen? It's through that people power. It's through people who are actively engaged, who are making their voice be heard. Not just, you know, there's, there's ways to do it where you're marching or you're active on social media or you're doing something as an individual, but there's so much power to be had when you are collective with people who share the same values as you, that you work together collaboratively to make a lot of change. Yeah, I mean, I was just when you're talking about channeling your passions into the issues that you care about, that kind of hit, stuck with me because the first thing um, and I, I know that we keep talking about L.A. So sorry, Vanessa, I know you're based in, in Northern California, but my experience that, you know, recently over the holidays, I um looked into LA Works as a resource to see what volunteering opportunities I could take part in and I was able to volunteer at Alexandria House which is amazing which is like an amazing cause that helps women and their children with a housing program and um, we were able to provide that or sort through like donated clothes that Target was able to give them so things like that where that kind of reignites um, something within me to stay engaged and, and in tune with that that cause of like homelessness in Los Angeles, which is such a huge issue. So I think one of the things too, you also mentioned um, was making sure that we know who the players are um, locally, because that's where the biggest change and the biggest, um, you know, impact to your daily life happens. So my question is then, 
like we can take a look at what volunteering opportunities or what communi- community organizations are out there. But do you have any um, specific advice on how to, um, well, one, identify who your um, elected officials are now that they, you know, a lot of them have been elected or reelected into these positions. And then now that we're at this point, um, how do we keep these newly elected officials accountable what's really great god bless the internet right so the what's great is that we have the resources to not only know who these who these people are but what they're doing right and and they can hear directly from us um you know when i used to work for an assembly member uh back in the beginning of my career i was one of those constituent case managers who took phone calls from people if they needed help, you know, from um, issues with the DMV or issues with unemployment issues with, you know, with whether it's a local issue or a federal issue, I was helping to channel all of these different resources. And so now that, you know, we live in this era where essentially we have the internet at our disposal on our phones, um, it's so much easier to figure out who these people are and then what their what their platforms are, even through their social media, right? So all of these elected officials you can find them. You can find if you want to see who your assembly member is or your member of Congress and see what the heck they're doing and actually have a direct channel to them, whether it's Twitter or Instagram. And I, okay, I'm also trying to say how old I am. I don't know if they're on TikTok yet, but I know for sure they're on Insta and I know for sure they're on Facebook. And so that's a, it's like a surefire way to figure out um, and plug in Um, and see if there's an issue that's happening in your local community that plugs into what they're doing. You can either see if they have any resolution, if they're acting on it in any way, if they're providing any resources in any way about it, or you can tell them what the issue is so that hopefully they can, they can build momentum and you can collect people or they can figure out, you know, what the issues of importance are that are happening in their communities as well. And then, you know, hold them accountable. Like, why aren't you answering? Why? What's the issue? Do you not agree with this? You know, there's there's all of these ways that you can stay really, really connected, um, even if it's not an election time, because um, funnily enough, on the on the state side and even in, uh, for members of Congress, they're up on the ballot like every two years. So they're kind of always in election mode. And guess what happens when they don't do well in their off in their offices that <laughs> they're not gonna get voted again so you can you know they can they have the risk of losing their seat so you know at the end of the day these elected officials are accountable to the people who vote for them um and and that's just the nature of the job and i know firsthand that these the elected officials care about what happens in their community because for for that simple fact you know so that's that's my advice on on the staying connected. And then, like I said, I, the more you connect with members of uh, or people who have the same value system as you that care about these issues as you, this it's so much easier not to become complacent and mm-hmm. and also like to disengage because it's almost like the people that you that you surround yourself with also keep you accountable, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, in my work at, at in various organizations, right, I was a board member at the ACLU of Southern California. I worked for Planned Parenthood. I was the president of like Planned Parenthood Young Professionals. I'll tell you right now, when I was in that space, like there was no way that I could remain complacent because of the people around me. Um, so I think that's such an important way too to just stay engaged and not just be a person who may scroll and get mad and laugh, you know, share memes or, 
or yeah. you know post things that's that has value too but there's so much um value when there's when you have like-minded people around you as well okay that makes sense yeah <laughs> <laughs> people keep each other accountable that's a thing i so i'm i'm kind of latching on to what you were saying just now about you know scrolling and maybe <laughs> reposting or sharing or whatever having a feeling and then keeping on going so i think a lot of us I am, this is my own thought, right? I, I just feel like from what I've seen, a lot of people who I, you know, acquaintances that I follow on Instagram or whatever seem to now be generally more awake. Mm. And so I'm thinking, you know, like what can those people and people like me do to be okay with, you know, continuing the discussion of politics? Because I think it was such a hot topic people wanted to talk about. But as we move forward with this administration, with the people who are around you, how can you, we be comfortable talking to them about, you know, the issues that are either in our community or broader? Yeah, I think that and I think it's like an important distinction where it's not just semantics, but it's like the difference between like politics and government where, you know, like politics is the game, right? Politics is the the, the entry point into elected office right but then there's the function of government and the what government should be doing and can do to influence and impact change right and so i feel like it's 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 changing the narrative around that because politics is such a dirty word well it's a, it's a dirty business i know this firsthand and people hate politics like for me i hate politics i love government and so there are a million ways that people can be engaged in government to influence how government decisions are made that impact lives right so even at going to and and seeking out uh like going to a council meeting or a uh, a board of supervisor meeting or a commission meeting right and especially now in covid it's almost easier than ever to go because you they're all virtual meetings now right so if you really if you want to know and i and i feel like there's a, a definite learning curve to to jumping in to to government meetings you can just go and listen and learn and that's how you actually can really get to know what your your local electeds are talking about and doing and what what's on their agenda and then there's always in all of these meetings it's your legal right to speak during public comment so it's great to hear what your um, community what your local community members are are talking about but that's also a time for you to be able to talk and share about the issues that you care about um, and they're legally obliged to give you two or three minutes to talk um, so I feel like it, it's so intimidating for people to think about that when it's not a part of their their normal life. But once you're once you're in it, you just it just it's so empowering to know, you know, and and I think it's that the flipping of that politics versus government, right? Government government provides and like politics is <laughs> there's like some there's like no other word sometimes for the horse race that is allowing people to to get votes to be able to be elected right um but at the end of the day it's to build a government that's for the people and by the people right and so it's allowing ourselves to be a part of that because we are the people which could be uncomfortable uh, yes. To your point, Laura, my uncomfortable moment earlier was talking about how I had to go speak during the public comment section of the school district meeting. And I was my hand was shaking and no one could see me. They didn't even allow <laughs> us to have videos on. Uh, but oh, wow. I was still nervous. 
So it can be uncomfortable, but I guess a small baby step would then just to be to listen. And I know, Melissa, mm-hmm. you kind of talked about this with like knowing who's in charge of the water. Yeah. So I relate so much to you, Laura, in that like ill politics, but the structure that's there is what I enjoy or actually I like to advocate for. But um, because I do work for a water district here in Los Angeles, um, so I'm very familiar with the two-year election cycle. If not two directors are up for election, the other two are up for election. It never ends. Right. Um, And I just to build off of what you were saying earlier and how we keep um, elected officials accountable, um, one of the first things that I tell people is to just, what city do you live in? And then you go to that website, go to the city mm-hmm. website, and they have they have to have a list of all of the city council members and an email address. And yep. it is a little bit disheartening sometimes because some city websites can be janky and weird. Um, <laughs> but because if there's like two people in their communications department, sometimes, you know, give them some slack. But right. um, they are obligated. There is someone that is has a paying job to read those emails and relay those messages to those elected officials. So that's kind of like closing the gap and then doing the things that Laura was saying is like, okay, now that you know their email address and their phone number, if there's something that's bothering you um, or an issue that you're passionate about, that's your gateway to, to engaging with this elected official that seems such like a mystery and shrouded in, in this like mystery, but yeah, I, I related so much. Yeah, it does seem like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> it, and it can be intimidating sometimes. So, yeah, I definitely appreciate that insight. All right, I think that's the end of our questions here. Thank you again, Laura, for joining us. Um, where can listeners follow you, follow the work that you do, all of those things? Share, promote, whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, it's mostly if you want to, if you have questions or want to get in contact with me, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Laura underscore M underscore Herrera. Um, don't catch me on Twitter, though. That's it's kind of just there. You can find me on, on Instagram, <laughs> really. Um, and then I'm on Facebook um, and not on TikTok. <laughs> I haven't done it. I haven't it's crossed okay, that bridge, either. but you can definitely <laughs> find me there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's I, I'm not like big self promotion, but if you want to check out um, by way of us um, to t- learn more about back to the ballot, um, you can definitely go to byWayof.us, and then you, there's a whole panel on on um, about back to the ballot. You can see all of our ballot guides. There's you know there's the videos of what we did for the past elections. I know we'll be doing things um, for future large elections as well, but we're trying to stay engaged and, and stay active. Um, Uh, through those channels as well. I'll promote for you. By way of us is how I I attended um, one of the panels um, for this recent election cycle and Laura was was on there and I was actually messaging her on Instagram. I was like, (laughs) you're doing so great. And you're like, oh my gosh. I was like, oh no, I'm distracting you as you're doing this. Oh no, it was good. It was good. I liked it. It was it was yeah, good encouragement. Super informative, <laughs> super relatable and and really non-intimidating way to approach um, how you look at your ballot. So definitely check out by way of us. You heard it here first. Well, maybe first. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Stay awake. Stay uncomfortable. Get more uncomfortable. Get involved. Uh, And thank you all for listening today. Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on Instagram at imuncomfortable.podcast. If you have an episode idea, question, or shout out, you can contact us on our website, imuncomfortablepodcast.com. We release new episodes every Tuesday, so see you then. 